All right, my friends, this is the Ultimate OD Podcast 2021. Here we go. We have the rundown. So I'll give you five things that you can do to increase your optical sales. We're going to talk a little office talk. Now listen to this because I'm going to outline my goals for 2021 and how I'm implementing them in acting change. Then we'll talk a little starfish. Yeah, starfish for the closing thought of the day. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Optometry, the ultimate OD podcast, building better doctors one episode at a time. Here's your host, optometrist and practice owner, Dr. Nick Lilly. All right, my friends, 2021, this is the ultimate OD podcast. If you're just tuning in now or you're just checking us out, I want you to know at this podcast, we talk about private practice and actionable items you can do to make your practice better. I love optometry, love everything about it, and I'm going to be giving you that every week. Other podcasts, Try Not to Blink, Four Eyes Podcast, or The Power Hour, great podcasts, but if you listen to those, they interview people, they talk about stuff out in optometry field, like new schools coming out there, new drugs being uh, developed or coming out, and that's just not what I do. I want you to listen to this podcast and say, I can do that tomorrow at my office, make more money, be a better leader, have a better staff, just have an actionable item that you can do to improve your office. And that's what I love to talk about. Now, that being said, I do love all the other things about optometry. So I'm going to be sprinkling in throughout the week, we'll call them ultimate OD nuggets, and just little tidbits of information that I think will be actionable, but they might not be as in-depth, they might be something more random related to optometry, but not the in-depth actionable items per se. I think they might be, but just know those will be coming out. In addition, I'm really getting to scleral lenses. I do have some things to say about myopia management, so I'll have some long-form segments throughout the year where we talk basics of scleral lens fitting and we work through it. And from a private practice perspective, like what you need to know, one, to start fitting these lenses and how I think you can incorporate these things to sell it to patients, uh, market it, and etc. Do the same thing for myopia management. But in addition to my basic rundown, the normal format that you've been used to, I'm going to sprinkle those in. They may be a little bit more clinical where we're talking X's and O's, looking at lenses and stuff like that, more from a beginner mindset. So if you haven't done it before and you're trying to implement it into your private practice. So still have a business side to it, but not as uh, practice oriented maybe, but we'll, we'll have that throughout the year. That being said, today we are talking about your role in optical sales and the five things you need to do to be more profitable. I'm telling you right now, you do these five things, you're gonna have more revenue coming in from your optical that'll give you more leeway to buy new equipment, buy hire more staff, do more of the medical stuff that you may feel you have a passion for. So listen to me this, let's get into it. First thing I'll say, are you talking to your patients about UV protection, right? What does UV do? From a clinical standpoint, we know it can help with skin protection, cancer, help with cataracts, help with macular degeneration right? This is a clinically known thing. So are you talking to your patients about transitions? I'll tell you this right now. I'm not a huge fan of transitions, but I tell my patients that they're an option. I always let them know that there's pros and cons to them. Some people love them. Some people hate them. We are never pushing transitions because I feel if you push someone into them and they don't like it, they don't trust you. So we're, we're never hard and fast on that, but we still talk about it. Okay, let them know that they don't work behind the windshield of a car and they take some time to change when you go from outside to inside. 
I also let every patient know with transitions that if they're ever outside and there's overcast skies and they're taking pictures, their lenses are still going to change. So every picture in, you'll have a pair of sunglasses on. I, like I said, personally don't like that. And if they ask me if I have them, I say I have a second pair of sunglasses. I do, but that again is planting that seed. Now, you talked about Crizal coatings because Avance, Alize, Crizal Easy, Sapphire all have a UV backside protection. So you're getting the non-glare coating. At very least, if you don't want it for the non-glare, you want it for the UV protection. Again, we know that the non-glare is better for patients. They'll be able to see a little more clearly out. People see in better. If you're in any kind of setting where you're talking to people, you want that eye-to-eye, face-to-face contact, right? You want to make eye contact with them. You don't want them looking at your lenses and seeing all the glare. That's a selling point. In addition, it has UV protection. So I've gotten patients to get their crystal coating because it has UV protection. They don't really care about the non-glare coating. And then the eyes and lenses. So any of the blue light filters also blocks UV. Just something I think you should be talking about. All right, and the next thing is the eyes and lenses. If you've listened to any of the podcasts before, you know I'm a huge fan of the eyes and lens, the anti-fatigue aspect of it. But patients are asking about blue light. Every single patient is asking about this. If they're not asking about it, you're ignoring it. Or I don't know where you live. Okay, so talk to them about the eyes and lenses. There is a UV component to that that is beneficial to them. Now, make sure you're talking about sunglasses, whether you have second pair sales or whatnot. Sunglasses are part of what people have for eye care. If they have high prescriptions, if they have contacts, you need to talk to them about sunglasses. Make sure you have a line, either Ray-Ban, Maui Jim, Oakley, a good pair you can market to them if they don't have prescriptions and let them know that your prescription sunglasses come with UV polarization and warranties, etc. But make sure you're talking about that. You will help your optical sales. Next thing we go to, materials. All right. If they have high prescriptions, high index material benefits them. Okay. I don't care if you don't really understand that. If in school you didn't talk about this, the high index materials will make a thinner lens. It's more cosmetically appealing and it is functionally better for them. Never get a high index material without a non-glitter coating. Use a good non-glitter coating. Don't go cheap and save $10. Get the Crizal. It's beneficial in my opinion. Now, if I have a patient that's a plus or minus four, I will go out to my staff and when I'm doing the handoff, you better be doing a handoff or doing it in your room if your opticians come to you. But I'm telling them that uh, poly is bottom line. So if they have a plus or minus four, poly is the bottom line. We won't go any lower than that. We don't do CR39 for them. I just don't like the thickness and they don't seem to care. In addition, if they have a groove frame, so the half frame with the fish line underneath, you have to do poly. Otherwise, your your lenses are going to crack. So that can increase your sales if their staff knows this, right? They're already putting them in the polycarbonate material. Again, Trivex is acceptable as well. We tend to use polycarbonate because Trivex has a higher tiered cost if you use a progressive. So I like to keep it simple for my staff and we generally use polycarbonate. If they're a minus six-ish range, and we're talking spherical equivalents here, I will go with a 167 material. If they're a minus eight or above, I like the 174 material with an aspheric design. Okay, that helps with peripheral distortion, etc. Now, remember, when you get those higher prescriptions, that's going to affect what you're doing for lens size, okay? So this is kind of the next step in that. So we talked about UV, we talked materials. Lens size is going to be affected by their prescription. So think of it like a pyramid. As you go at the top point of the pyramid and you go down, it gets wider, right? Same thing with the lens. You go from the optical center out to the edge, 
the bigger the lens, the bigger the A size, the thicker the edge. B size, you can't really mess with too much if they're in a multifocal because they need room for the progressive, they need room for the bifocal. But A size, you can control. Make sure your staff knows that. Make sure you're telling them that. PD plays a big role as well. You get some people that have really narrow PDs, they try to get in a wide frame, they're going to get a ton of peripheral distortion. You have to help them with that. When you're doing the handoff, make sure you're telling them to look where the frame sits on their face. Okay. The other thing is, if they're getting prescription sunglasses... So if there's any kind of wrap to it, you have to think about the base curves, if they can even get the lens to edge into the frame. So the rule that we use for my office is the PD has to be greater than the eye size, all right? PD greater than the A size. If the PD is less than the A size, you might have some cutout issues. In addition, if they're a minus four or greater, we just tell them to use a dress frame and we can put sunglass lenses in there. Now there's occasionally a Ray-Ban frame like the Clubmaster is a great example where it, it's basically a dress frame in sunglasses where you don't have to worry about that. But everyone wants a huge wrap and you know that's going to mess you up if you high, have a high prescription. So the reason why this will help your optical sales is if you don't warn the patient about the pitfalls, they're going to get a pair of glasses from you they're going to pay a ton of money and they're going to have poor vision and they're going to think you suck at your job. They're not going to want to buy glasses from you again. They can get better options on, you know, at Sam's Club. They get better options online. So you have to put the time and effort into these steps to make sure that they're getting value from you. Number four, are you talking multiple pairs? Now, this is where you're talking to the person in the exam room. I ask every patient, what do you do for work? Are you a student? How do you use your eyes? And I have this conversation. It's a calculated chess match. What are they doing and what do they need? Find out what they're using their glasses for and get creative. Some things that I've done, I have monovision patients, right, in contacts, and I'll prescribe a pair of driving glasses where you have Plano in one eye, the distance eye, and you correct for the monovision eye. So now they can wear them, they can drive, and they have binocular vision. I have patients that don't like progressives. At that point, I'm like, you know what? You don't have to get a multifocal. You can get two pairs of glasses, one for the computer, one for distance. They're like, oh, really? Absolutely, you can do that. And we give you a discount on the second pair. I have patients that can see great far away, but they're on a computer and then they're reading. I've done a progressive or I've done a bifocal where the top is a computer distance and I put a plus one on the bottom. So now they can see the computer at a wider view and they can still read that small fine print. I've had patients that love the executive bifocal. So we put that in there and they know exactly where they have to look. The whole bottom of the lens, reading power. They're awesome. Or I had patients that are pianists. So they're performing or they're musicians and they're trying to look at their stuff. They don't like a progressive. So what we do is we do a flat top 28 bifocal, but we measure it like it's a trifocal. So it's right at the lower edge of the pupil. At that point, they don't have to dip as far. And they we just set that for the intermediate distance because they don't need it for reading. You can get very creative. You just have to find out what they're using their vision for and tell them you're custom making a pair of glasses for them. You don't think that's going to help you out? They're going to think you're amazing? Why has no one ever said this to you before? Be creative. And the last thing I will say to you is you have to have options for your contact lens patients. You all know the contact lens patient has a minus five. They get something in their eye, they get an infection, and they cannot function without their contacts. They don't have glasses. What do you do? Or they come in for a red eye, all they wear is contacts, and they don't have a valid prescription. You're not going to refract them when they have that corneal ulcer, are you? 
You might have to. We'll see what happens. But I have value packages. So they can get a single vision pair of glasses, frame lens, polycarbonate, non-glare coating, out the door for $99. They want to upgrade a frame, $159. For multifocal patients, so bifocal, trifocal, or progressive, the lens is the same. So the poly, the non-glare coating, basic frame, you're out the door for $159. If they want to upgrade the frame, $219. My contact lens patients are buying glasses like never before. So think about these things. UV protection, materials, helping them pick out the right frame for their face, hearing it from the doctor, not the optician. Multiple pair sales because you're getting contact lens patients and driving glasses, reading glasses. So when they're reading, you know, I gave you a scenario where they're driving in their binocular, you can make them reading binocular too. And then contact lens patients getting them in glasses. Make sure you're the one prescribing these things. And you have to do an actual handoff. I hate it when you just put it on the RX and you send it to the optician. Because you're too good to talk about glasses. You know what? They come to you for the prescription. You're prescribing the glasses. If you can't give them information about that, I think there's better options out there. And I see a different doctor as well. So that's been the rundown. Five things to increase your optical sales that you have control over. All right, my friends, this is the office talk section, and I have about five to six things that we're just going to go down. This isn't just me talking about the office. This is me, my real life, and examples I can give you to help make your practice better. Or, you know, I can be a great example or horrible warning. So even if you don't like what I have to say, listen to it and find out what not to do. But I really think if you follow some of these things, you can make these changes at your office and be a little more efficient a little bit better staff management, a little bit more time for you to have a CEO mindset. So the first thing I'm going to talk to you about is I implemented, I went live Monday. So as I recorded this, I went live on Monday, new practice management software. I'm with iFinity Practice Management and we've been in a sandbox for a month. I made a point that every staff member in my office has been practicing for the past month. They've been given two patients and then they have to go through and they have to input all the stuff just like they were an actual patient trying to prepare them, trying to get them ready when you go live. We went live on a, the week of Christmas. So it was a three day week. We worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I'm telling you this right now, you're making that change. Monday's our busiest day. We're busy into the year and I knew it was going to be a gong show. I knew it was going to be crazy. So how do you approach that? I set the tone from the get-go. I've been leading up to this. I say, hey, it's going to be a little bit of hiccups. It's going to be crazy. That's fine. Don't worry about it. And I kid you not, from the first patient to the last, it was a gong show on Monday. All right? Things weren't going in right. We weren't getting prescriptions to transfer over from EHR. Just chaos, right? But I didn't care. My staff was a little frazzled, but I was just like, oh, don't worry. We'll figure it out. Hey, you're doing fine. Whatever they did to get through it, I was just there to support them. This is fine. You're going to be okay. It's all right. And I could see them. They're head spinning. They're getting ready to get all worked up. And I didn't care what they did. No, that's fine. Don't worry about it, guys. We'll get through it. No, what you did there was good. Hey, call, call our consultant, right? And be on the phone constantly because my office manager was coming to me, looking to me for answers. I'm like, no, this is why we're here. I don't care if you call her every 10 minutes, call her and get the answers. All right. So we got through that. Then come Tuesday, it got a little bit better. Wednesday, we're starting to flow and starting to like it. I will tell you this. My gut instinct initially was 
this is really hard. I can make some changes, make some knee-jerk reactions to make it simple, but we switched to this software for a reason, right? I've been preaching to them that there's a reason we're doing this. We're going to go at least two weeks before we make any changes and make shortcuts, right? Fight through it, and it's already starting to be better. Cool thing that happened throughout that is we had a new family come in. They went to another office. The other office was bought by a big chain that really no one likes for different reasons. And a lot of the private practice patients don't like them. They came and saw me. So the mom came in, like the grandmother came in. The daughter came in, who's like 35, 36 years old. And then the next day, which is on Wednesday. So Monday, grandma, mom, Wednesday, son came in. And the daughter said to me after we got done, you know what? I just wanted to make sure I came and told you that you guys are awesome. We came here for a reason because we really didn't like how the other staff was. We didn't like what was going on there. And it's been a night and day difference. You're incredibly thorough. Your staff is amazing, right? They're helping us out. They're giving us everything that we want. I said, thank you so much. We try really hard to do that. And I don't know if you noticed, but we, we got a new practice management software. So it's been a little chaotic. So we feel like we're not doing a great job, but I appreciate you telling me this and we're always going to do whatever we can to take care of you. Now that's awesome to get that feedback, but I've made a point. I tell my staff all the time that we are only here because the patients choose to come here. They have a choice. We have to sell out for every single patient every single time. Okay, listen to my closing thought. I got something to say about that. But the point is, I I have a little saying in my office that Whatever you say, assume it's going to be heard by everyone in the office, patients included. And what I mean by that is you've been in an office and the front desk is talking about what they did with their boyfriend the other night, the date they had, the fight, or the bachelorette, what's going on, and it's just not appropriate, right? I always tell them, make sure whatever you say you think is being heard by everyone. And I came out and I told them, Monday this patient came in and she told me this. So guess what, guys? I always tell you, assume they hear what you're saying. Well, they're watching. You didn't say anything to her, but it's how we're acting. And the the staff member said, the patient made a point of saying, it seems like you guys really work well together. You get along. And I had to convey that to them. We are being noticed. What we do matters. So make sure you're reinforcing your culture. Anytime you get a chance to do that, you got to do that. Number two, we're really going hard after sclerals. I'm having so much fun with it and I'm having my staff train the patients how to to put them in and take them out. That's a complex INR, right? It's something that they're not really familiar with. And over the past month, I've been training them on this. So what I've been doing with that is really pushing sclerals. At that point, I'm teaching them how to do this. We're practicing as a staff. So I'm setting aside time in the morning, not when we have patients coming in, And two of my staff members are going and they're doing an INR. They can take an hour to an hour and a half. I don't care how long, but I said, you practice it, feel good about it. Step by step, let's walk through this and make sure we're hitting the key points. In addition to that, because I'm trying to push sclerals, I want my staff to know about them. Do you guys have quizzes for your staff? I do. I'll read you the quiz I gave them. And I want you to see the theme. You can quiz them about arbitrary things. I think... The point of quizzes is to emphasize what you want them to know. So we're really getting medical in 2021. The quiz read as such. And you're answering this, the first five questions, like you're talking to a patient. Number one, what is a scleral lens? Number two, how can a scleral lens help you? Number three, name one condition that a scleral lens can help with. 
Number four, does insurance cover the cost of scleral lenses? And number five, how long do scleral lenses last? Realize that all of this is marketing, right? Any of these questions, if they can answer properly, we might get another person into our chair because we're answering the question correctly. So that's what I emphasize. The other questions I asked were glaucoma affects what structure of the eye? Macular degeneration affects what structure of the eye? What structure of the eye does a scleral lens help with? Fundus photos take pictures of the front or back of the eye. And then I had a picture of the fundus and I had them label the optic nerve and the macula. And I gave some bonus questions. What does IOP stand for? What does pachymetry measure? And what's one surgery that can affect IOP? Now you may ask why I'm asking these questions. Well, the point is we're getting more medical, right? So we are having scleral patients. I want them to be able to talk to the patient, especially during an INR. In addition, we just bought an OCT. If they're going to be doing the OCT, they have to understand glaucoma. They need to understand macular degeneration. They have to be able to look at the fundus and put the scan over the macula, over the optic nerve. So again, I'm prepping them multiple layers. They don't realize that this is what they're going to do, but I'm preparing them to be the tip of the spear to market to my patients, right? You see what I'm doing? I'm not giving them overly clinical, but I'm giving them tools in their tool bag because invariably a patient's going to ask, why are you doing this? What does this measure? And if my staff knows the answer, it gives us credibility. They have confidence that if the staff member knows this, imagine what the doctor knows. All right. It's all about selling your brand, selling your office. The next thing that we're doing, I had a visual field patient come in. We did the visual field and then uh, he had a stroke. So he had a left hominis quadrinopsia. All right, really cool. But then I, I went, I talked to my staff about the visual tract. I talked about how cool the eye, the visual field is, how if you have a stroke, the body compensates. So you don't lose one eye completely. You lose portions of both eyes, but then you still have a lot to work with. They think that's fascinating. Now, when they're sitting through a 20, 30 minute visual field, they know it's for a purpose. There's a reason that you're doing it. You give them this incentive and now they have value to what they're doing. They care about their job. That's job satisfaction. At least I'm trying to create it. All right. And then I'm redoing my website. The reason for this is I feel that too many offices are putting too little money into marketing. I'll tell you this right now. I'm putting a significant amount of money into marketing the next year. Why? Because I want to grow medically. And I think that with scleral lenses, with myopia management, I now have a reason that I can get referrals from other offices, that my reach is more than just my hometown. You have to put money in to do that. If you put money to market things, you have to have the tools in place, the infrastructure to get those people that are now looking at your office to convert into patients. So redoing the website is something that I'm doing right now. So let me just recap that. New practice management, scleral lens fits, OCT, visual fields, and redoing my website. It's all big picture here. Where do I want to go in 2021? I told you guys in the last episode, you got to have a vision. You got to set goals. This is me putting that vision, those goals into action. So that's a little office talk. I hope you can take what I've outlined here, apply it to your goals for 2021 and watch your practice grow. Where or where did all this time go? This is the closing thought of the episode. I'm going to call it Starfish. So let's start off by me telling you a story. There's this guy, old man. He's on vacation and he's sitting in his beach chair. It's late at night. He's just out and he wanted to be on the ocean looking at the moonlight and just relaxing. 
and he sees this crazy guy walking. He's picking up starfish and throw him into the water and picking up starfish and throw him into the water because there's starfish just literally across the beach. I don't know. I've never been to the Mexico beaches long enough to know why, but apparently starfish wash up and that's the way it goes, right? And it's just happening and he's like, whatever, you know, just crazy guy. He must be drinking or whatnot. And then the next night he's out there, he's just taking it in because he felt it was really relaxing being out there at the beach in the moonlight. And the same guy is out there throwing the starfish. And he's a little closer this time. And you can tell he's not inebriated. He's just literally picking up these starfish and throwing them in there. And the guy just took it in he's like, what in the world? But he didn't say anything. Day three, he's out there again. And he sees the same guy doing the same thing. And the old man has had enough. He goes up to him and goes, what are you doing, guy? He's like... I'm trying to get these starfish in there. If I don't get them in there, they're going to die. And the guy, the old man, looks up and down the beach and he says, Do you see all those starfish? There's no way you're going to get every single one. And the guy throwing the starfish in looks at him, picks up a starfish, and he says, Do you see this one right here? Well, it matters to him. Throws it in there, right? Think about that. I had a patient. This, As I'm recording this, it's Christmas Eve. You know, get a four-day weekend, had a crazy week, and I get a call from a patient. At 8 a.m. I didn't answer it. We're not even open Thursday at 8 a.m. The patient calls at 9 or the same number, right? They leave a voicemail at 10. And it's a patient I've had having some eye trouble. Basically said, I can wait till Monday, but if you're in, I'll pay whatever. I just really would love to get seen before I have to you know, go through the whole weekend. Maybe have an eye infection, contact lens wear. And, you know, I called her back, said, hey, what's going on? She told me. And I'm like, cool, can you be at the office at 11? She said, sure, absolutely, I'll be there. Now, I'll tell you this right now. That patient, so thankful. You know that you want to see your eye doctor. You don't want to go to the ER. You don't want to go order urgent care. And we know as eye doctors, ER and urgent care are going to screw it up anyways. They're going to give them the wrong thing. They don't know what they're doing. Try not to have someone die. And eye stuff, they don't know anything about it. They're going to give them some, you know, type of mycin or that and say, go on your way. See your eye doctor later. Well, I'm the eye doctor. I'll tell you this. My mindset from COVID happening when I didn't know, when we were shut down and we were never going to see patients again, I got a little worried, right? Any patient that I could see mattered. That patient, that set of eyes across from you has got to be the most important thing. It's the starfish, man. Think about it. You need to take care of them. Don't forget about the little guy that one starfish if you do that every single time with every single patient you are going to grow beyond belief you're going to be the office that everyone wants to see that they know you as the person that gives amazing customer service amazing patient care so if you get those calls if it's a holiday i hope you have that sense of urgency that sense of fear that i had when i thought i might never get to see a patient again and how thankful I was when I could go back when I'm working now and I can see a full schedule. I'll never lose that sense of I'm thankful to do what I do. And I hope you guys have that. And if you don't, I hope your patients come and start seeing me. I'm just messing with you. But make sure you care about your patients. Everyone matters. Make a difference. I promise you it will help your office grow. That's what I got. Dr. Lily out.
We want to thank you for listening to today's episode and hope that you found a pearl to apply to your practice. We believe as a community, there is much wisdom to be shared. So if you have questions, suggestions, or requests, we want to know. Feel free to reach out to us via social media and leave a comment or email us at theultimateodpodcast at gmail.com so we can make this podcast even better for you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll catch you again next week.